they searched his name, they searched his parents' name, and they couldn't find any record of him in New York or New Jersey. And if he was from New Jersey, he would have had to have had something, a driver's license, anything. And he didn't exist. Welcome back to Other People's Lives. I'm Joe Santagato. I'm Greg Dybeck. For anyone out there that wants to be a guest on our show, don't hesitate to reach out to us. You can reach us at our website, OPLshow.com, or just send us an email directly at OPLpodcast at gmail.com. Yeah, and if you want to get bonus episodes while supporting the show, you can head over to Patreon.com slash OPLshow. And today, we're going to be speaking to a woman whose real-life boyfriend of two years completely lied about his identity and his life. And it's wild to think that you can be with someone for that long to share countless intimate, vulnerable moments just to find out that you literally know nothing about them, not even their real name. So it's a crazy story. It's an important one. And we've got our guest on the line right now. So thank you for being on the show today. Thank you, Joe. Thank you, Greg. Yeah, it's good to be here. Um, my name is Catherine and uh, <laughs> I'm excited to share my story. Yeah, no, we're excited to dive into it and just to learn about this experience. And then, of course, you know, talk about potential red flags, ways for other women to hopefully avoid or, you know, at least become aware of a situation similar to yours if they find themselves in it. But to start, can you just tell us about how your relationship with this man originally formed and what he was like? And, you know, was there anything alarming or strange in the beginning? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I met who I know to be as Will um, in June of 2018. We actually met on a sugar daddy website. And so I had no plans of falling in love with anyone at this time. I was in a space of my life where I had just gotten out of a long-term relationship. And I was just kind of looking to have some fun and not really take anything too seriously. And I met Will and um, we had a couple text conversations back and forth here and there, decided to meet up, met up in person a few weeks later. And it was, I think what you would consider a very cliche love at first sight on my end. Um, I was incredibly attracted to him. He was so charming and just very charismatic. And I just fell head over heels pretty much in that moment. I just thought, wow, he's checking off all these boxes for me. I didn't even think I was looking for this at the time, but like maybe this could be something real. And um, we agreed to meet up and continue having an arrangement as it's called in this world. And we did that for a little while. We actually met up the very next day and I felt such a intense connection with him right off the bat. So even in dating, let alone in this world of the sugar daddy, it's, it can be hard to find someone you really connect with. And so when I felt that immediately from him, I just thought, wow, this is, this is so great. I'm so excited for this. And we continued along that relationship, that arrangement for a few months until I was starting to realize like, you know what, I'm really starting to develop feelings for this man. He's, he's very sweet with me. I feel like I can, he's, I can do anything with him and he's not going to judge me for it. Um, I can be my full self and he'll just accept me as I am. Now the problem was he right off the bat when we first met was saying, you know, I'm very busy. I work for myself. I have my own company. So I don't have a lot of time to date. And that's why I'm doing the sugar daddy stuff because it's just convenient for me. And I thought, well, that makes total sense. Mm -hmm. I'm not really in a space for a serious relationship either. So for me, it's also convenient. However, 
Yeah. Uh, I was going to ask if that, so that, that was like, was that like looking back the original sort of red flag where you were like, okay, maybe a little strange, but in the moment you were kind of just thought it was pretty normal. Yeah. I mean, I think because I wasn't looking for anything serious, it was so easy for me to say, okay, he's busy, you know, whatever, no big deal. I'm busy too. I'm not looking for someone to take up my total time. Like, fine, no big deal. And is it busy in like vague terms too? Like, like I, I have a company, but you never necessarily see like the work that he's doing. Correct. Yeah. It was always just like, I have these meetings. I have client meetings that was constant so he's like you know we can meet up once a week and i thought great because again i was in the same boat so i thought okay cool once a week we can meet up we would the problem was i lived with roommates this was in hawaii by the way um i lived with roommates and kind of similar to new york where i am now (laughs) everyone's on top of each other (laughs) there's not a lot of like quiet space so i didn't feel comfortable him coming to my home and he said that he lived with a roommate and the roommate had a child. So I didn't want to be mixed up with that. So we always got hotel rooms, oh. which again, at the time I, it worked for me, it worked for him. I didn't think anything of it. Um, however, as we started to continue our relationship and I started to disclose like, you know what? I think I have real feelings for you. And, and he reciprocated that. I was like, I don't feel comfortable continuing an arrangement with you. Um, I remember texting him one day, like, I can't accept money from you at this point. Like, I don't want anything from you other than to move forward with the relationship. And he reciprocated that and said, yeah, same here. So we started dating at that point. However, nothing changed in regard to we still met up in hotel rooms. We still only met up once a week. He was still very busy. And it just went on from there until... I think the real turning point was it was the end of September. So we'd been seeing each other for about four months. And he, as we're, we're meeting up and he tells me, he's like, you know what? I just found out my mom has cancer and I have to go back to New Jersey to go take care of her. And I was devastated. I, I felt like here's someone I thought I really cared about. We had just shared I love yous with each other like the week prior. And I just thought, oh my God, like I haven't felt this way about someone ever. And I, I haven't shared... I love you with someone in a very long time. And all of a sudden he's leaving. I, I, I just felt like my whole world was being pulled out from under me. And it was, it was so devastating. And he was like, at the same time though, I, I felt very honored, uh, not honored, but I, I just felt good about that. Knowing that, you know, here's a, a, such a selfless man. Like he cares so much about his family that he's willing to uproot his life and go take care of his mom. I was like, that's a partner that I would want for my family too. Like I want someone who is that caring and dedicated to his family. Did he say how long he was gonna be gone? No, he said he was just gonna go take care of her and it was unknown. I had no idea if he was even gonna come back to Hawaii. No clue, (laughs) it was just totally left up in the air. Okay, so, and that's four months into the relationship. So he ends up leaving. I guess you're not seeing him any longer. Uh, are you keeping the relationship going or how long is he actually absent? At the time I was doing professional cuddling. And so a lot of my clients. Okay. First of all, you have an extremely interesting life outside of all of this, but go on. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. So I'd already been doing professional cuddling for a while. And um, I went to New York for work often because that was, I mean, there's so many more people. It's the cuddle capital of the world. It's the cuddle capital of the world, correct. (laughs) So I was already traveling there. And so when he said he was going to New Jersey, I thought, well, you know, maybe I can just come work there more often. And that's what I did for a long time. I 
started coming out here. Well, so I'm in New York now. I started coming out here um, about once every other month, once a month. At first it was like a week at a time, but that's a long flight from Hawaii to New York. It's about a 12 hour flight. <laughs> so it got taxing for sure. But I would come out here. Um, I would stay at like hotels. He'd often put me up in hotels because the thing that he said, another excuse. So this man is full of excuses, if we haven't made that clear yet. <laughs> All the excuses you could ever imagine that were like just plausible enough. So he would say, well, I'm taking care of my mom. So I'm staying at my parents' house. She's in the hospital and I'm with my dad. And so I don't really feel comfortable with you coming here right now. And I thought that's fine. Like, I understand. I don't want to intrude on a time that's really difficult for your family. Like if your mom's dying, like that's not in my eyes, an appropriate time to come and meet your family. So he'd put me up in hotel rooms and he'd come see me a couple times when I was in town. Um, and it continued like that for a really long time. Um, I first moved to New York in oh, end of 2019. So we'd already been seeing each other for a while now. And what was crazy is that even when I lived here, we still only saw each other like once every few weeks, like once a month. And he always chalked it up to, I'm so busy. I am taking care of my mom in the night and then I'm, I'm working or vice versa. Like I'm, I'm working night shifts. I'm having to pick up more shifts. Like my mm. clients in Hawaii are angry with me because I'm not there right now. So they're all dropping me and I'm having all these, <laughs> the thing is too, it's so funny. He would always say like, I've had some, I've had a client try to sue me. I've had some legal issues because I'm not, <laughs> I'm breaking my contracts because I'm out here taking care of my mom and just always, always, always like an excuse that was just plausible enough. And like being the victim of something so that it's hard for you to push back too much. Always. But and, and honestly, that's a giant red flag looking back. Um, even from the beginning, there were so many sympathy seeking stories. Mm. Um, there's always the draw to make you the victim feel bad for them and say oh my gosh that's so sad oh wow oh, i can't believe oh you're so selfless oh i can't believe that happened to you it's it's constant it's constant mm -hmm. right it's like if you're with someone that's just the victim of circumstance over and over again it's hard for you to realize that you could potentially be the victim of anything i imagine um that's yeah, that's crazy. So, OK, so you're in New York now with essentially the same arrangement as Hawaii. Uh, do things ever progress with like seeing each other more or, you know, and at this point, is it despite the like meeting up in hotel rooms and seeing each other once a week? Are you just falling more in love with this person? Yeah, because the thing is, too, now that I at this point have a place to live, he we'd still do the hotel rooms because it's equidistant between New Jersey, excuse me, New Jersey and New York, but he does come sometimes to my home. So now okay. he's met the people I live with who are very, very close to me. He's met some of my friends, um, but I've never met his friends and I've never met his family because again, he's just so busy. Um, <laughs> always busy. Um, so it was similar, you know, in regard to how often we saw each other, definitely very infrequent. Um, but the types of interactions seem to be getting deeper. So I thought, um, because he was meeting my, my family, he was coming over to my home. It felt like something was progressing. And the thing is too, it's, it's, we always talked about the future. It was always discussion of, well, if, and when his mom passes, then we're going to go back to Hawaii. Like New York was supposed to be a very temporary pit stop for me. 
-hmm. Like, I'll just be out here while you're taking care of your family because I felt like because he was being so selfless with his family, when the time came for our family, he would also have that same selflessness. So I, I just felt like I needed to be patient with him and just wait for that to happen. How how long is this, by the way, this time period where, you know, um, you're in New York and you're in hotels and like his mom and everything? How long did that sort of last? Um, I mean, the let's see, the bomb dropped about his mom having cancer September of 2018. And then I was back and forth between Hawaii and New York for about a year, moved out here end of 2019. And then... Lo and behold, March of 2020 happened. <laughs> yeah. We all know what happened there. <laughs> Talk about a built-in excuse for him also. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, he used that fully to his advantage um, because it was, I mean, we all know we have this shared experience now, but we all know how crazy that time period was. I think especially being in New York, which mm -hmm. was the pinnacle of COVID in America, it was speaking from experience terrifying like no one knew what was happening everything was shifting so rapidly we didn't know anything about covid how dangerous it was how contagious it was so not only like my brain at this point is not really thinking about the relationship per se because there's a gajillion other things going on i've lost my business in a day and you can't touch people how am i supposed to cuddle people it's, it's gone mm. my business is gone I'm concerned about my own well-being and safety. Um, I'm realizing like how much the world is changing overnight. And on top of that, I don't remember if it was like a week later because New York went into a stage of state of emergency like the middle of March. And it was shortly after that that Will texts me and he's like, I'm not feeling good. <laughs> and he says, I don't want to scare you, but I think I have COVID. So on top of my whole life just being turned upside down, I'm now in such a state of fear that I'm like my partner is going to die because we didn't know. We didn't know yeah. how, like, you know, the, the... And how, how long had it been since you've seen him at this point? Hmm. I think I saw him at the beginning of the month. Okay. So I think it was like a week after we last saw each other that we went into a state of emergency. Mm hmm. And that was it going is true, my though. Too. Yeah. And and just like you said, I mean, that early of a stage, it, it was like, what what are the long term effects or everyone's going on ventilators? And it, you know, now you hear stories of it doesn't matter if you're young or healthy. So, yeah, that's that's very serious fear at that point when someone that, you know, essentially you love contracts it. Yeah, it was terrifying. And it was just so unknown at this point of what was going to happen or if he was going to be okay. When I was going to see him again, even because now I'm thinking, well, I can't see him because if I were to give COVID to him and his mom and his mom dies of COVID, like that mm -hmm. is not a guilt mm -hmm. that I want to live with. So yeah, there were just so many emotions going on at this time. Um, and so looking back, like, of course, I can see the timeline more clearly and I can see things more clearly. But in the moment, it was so overwhelming and emotional. Um, and so that went on. Honestly, I think it went on for like a week where he said, oh, I have this high fever. I really don't feel good. He kept saying, I think I'm going to go to the hospital soon. And I was so worried about him. And I kept so the woman I live with is actually a doctor and she's been a doctor for 30 years. And she kept saying, well, you know what? We can bring him stuff like see if he wants us to bring him this medication and X, Y and Z. And every time I asked him, like, hey, baby, like, 
you know, can I bring you something? Are you okay? He would just kind of not text me back. <laughs> and it drove me crazy because I'm like, I'm trying to help you. Like, why won't you let me help you? Um, not understanding that, of course, you know, he doesn't live anywhere I think he actually lives. <laughs> um, yeah, and so... so yeah, go ahead. I mean, just just a yeah. I was just gonna like just move it along a, like a little bit. Like, so you know, clearly there's these like weird things where you're like, why won't he text me back or whatever? And uh, at what point did you start to actually feel like, wait, am I being tricked here? Like, what is going on? Or did that ever happen? Oh, for sure. Um, well, he ended up so. It was a, like a week or so later and I said, how are you feeling? He said, I'm feeling about 10% better. And I said, great. And that was the last time I ever heard from him. Oh, And wow. he, it was like a whole week. I would text him every day being like, how are you doing? Are you okay? Again, we don't know what COVID is like at this point. So I'm completely freaking out. Um, I have no way of, I don't know where he lives. I've never been to his apartment because again, he said he lives with his family and I've never been over there. Um, I, so I can't do a wellness check on him. I don't know if he's in a coma. I don't know if he's in the hospital. He had said he was going to go to a specific hospital like a few days before. And so it was like a week after he stopped texting me and I went to call him and it went straight to voicemail. And I thought, oh, crap. <laughs> uh, is he dead? And I, for a while, I was honestly checking the obituaries every single day. I was typing in his name in New York and New Jersey, seeing if an obituary would pop up because I was so terrified that he had just died and I had no way of knowing and so I started I called the hospital he thought he said he was going to be at and no one was there by that name and the next day I called every single hospital I could find in the area and no one was there by that name and that's when I was like all right something's not adding up like in what world are you alive but your phone's off like it, it just didn't make any sense and and you're not where you say you are so things were already like, well, that's weird. You know, I didn't really know what that meant yet, but I was like, that's just weird. And so over the next few weeks, like I tried, kept trying to call him and text him. And this shame started to pop up in my brain of like, you are an idiot. You don't know where he lives. You've never met his friends. You've never met his family. You have no way of contacting him. And like, you don't, do you even really know who he was? Because the thing is, too, and, and people really question me about this a lot, is that I've never seen his ID at this point. I've asked him for mm. it twice. And each time, again, very plausible excuse. And me being a people pleaser at the time was just like, great, I don't want to rock the boat. No big deal. Because <laughs> in my brain, no one would ever pretend to be someone they're not. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. I wouldn't, I would, I don't even know if I'd ever think to look at someone's ID, honestly. Yeah, it was never a thought in my brain until now. <laughs> what was and his so, excuse for not showing you the idea? He always said, oh, I just really don't like my picture. And, you know, just, <laughs> but again, in my brain, I'm like, yeah, no big deal. I don't care. <laughs> Why would I need to care? No. Yeah. But like separating the two, like now in hindsight and, and hearing the sto story, knowing the outcome, it's, it's crazy how you can hear it and kind of plant all the red flags along the way in what seems so obvious now, but yeah, to be in your position, I just think most people, like if not everyone, would have completely gone along up to the point that you did. I mean, you want to trust the person you think you love. Like mm -hmm. that's, and that's how these people 
do so well at what they do because of that fact like you want to trust the people you love especially during a time where there's a you know a pandemic scaring the shit out of everyone like you're more inclined to just be like yeah whatever i fuck your id like are you okay you know and then not getting an answer that's very scary so how how did you come to realize that this guy wasn't who he said he was well after having to kind of put my shame aside it had been about three weeks and i had been putting off calling the police because i was like they're gonna judge me for not knowing where he lives they're gonna think i'm stupid so i just didn't for a long time even though at this point i had been doing a lot of research on this man i'd been looking up his name his phone number his email and nothing was coming up and i was like that's not good <laughs> so about three weeks later is the beginning of may at this point i called the police and i wanted to file a missing persons report and so two cops showed up at my door and oh, it still makes me tear up. Um, they were very sweet. They were very lovely. Um, and they do, they search his name. They search his parents' name. Cause I, I gave him, I gave the cops his parents' name, his brother's names. And they couldn't find any record of him in New York or New Jersey. And if he was from New Jersey, he would have had to have had something, a driver's license, anything. And he didn't exist. (laughs) And I just remember the cops leaving and I just crumbled on the floor and I just bawled my eyes out, realizing like how, how much I'd been taken advantage of in that moment. And even then, even then, my hope of hopes, I, I kept thinking, well, maybe he's just married and really he loves me. <laughs> I was so desperate right. to, to want to believe that what we felt was real, that I wasn't just living in this fantasy world, that the, the life we had planned, the things we had shared with each other, the feelings he had shared with me, that somehow that was real. Um, but it wasn't. Wow. I mean, you, you talk about like getting the rug pulled from under you and that is just the ultimate... I, I mean, what do you remember some of the emotions at the time? Like, is there because I, I, I ask that because I imagine it's probably such a combination of like just the vulnerability of knowing that you got taken advantage of, first of all, and probably just feeling almost completely naked in a sense of, of how could someone do this to me? And then I feel like for me, there would I would almost get mad at myself. Like, is that something that happens along the way? Not that that's a like justifiable feeling that, you know, you obviously didn't do anything wrong, but I just would imagine that that would kind of bubble up as well. I dealt with shame for like months after that. But the thing was, it got worse the following day because like I had said, I'd been trying to figure out who he was. And by doing that, I had logged back onto the Sugar Daddy website that I hadn't been on since we were in a relationship because I told him, I'm not going to do this anymore. (laughs) So I was finally able to log back onto that account the very next day. And sure as shit, there he was, had logged on like a few days prior with the same profile, doing all the same things. And in that moment, my heart just like fell out of my body. I was like, not only are you not who you say you are, but you are maliciously and intentionally doing what you do yeah and it was it was disgusting like when i first saw that like i wanted to like scream and throw up and cry like all at the same time and i was just like shaking and so angry and just so devastated like it wasn't even a question of you know did he ever love me like it was clear he didn't it was Mm -hmm. clear this was so far beyond anything i'd ever experienced before and so for sure like the, the more i shared my story and the more i started talking about it the more the shame went away but 
God, for the first couple months, it was just like, I'm an idiot. How could I have been so stupid? How could I have not seen this? Um, I deserve what happened to me. Like, yeah, it, it was it was rough. Wow. Yeah. And I, I bring that up, too, because, like I said, that's not necessarily a feeling that could be justified. But, you know, I think it's just valid. I think we all feel a sense of shame, you know, in, in certain instances. You went through something extremely extreme but you know for so many people like that shame hits first but it's not their fault in most cases yeah did you ever get a chance to speak to him after all this (laughs) um not directly um so i was still i mean i realized that he wasn't who he was and i i sent him a a very angry (laughs) email (laughs) on the website um, wasn't expecting anything back. I was just so angry in the moment. Um, and it, it took me months. So that was May that I found that out. And I didn't find out until the end of 2020 who he really was. And for my own privacy and privacy of how this happened, I won't disclose this, but I was able to figure out who he really was. And in that moment, I immediately searched him up online and I discovered that his real name. And I also discovered that he was married. And in that moment, that was the hardest thing for me to witness because my own shame is one thing for me to have gone through this by myself is like, that sucks. That sucks. And I, I can get through this. However, now there's a whole other person involved, not to mention however many other women have fallen victim to him, but there's a woman out there who is married to this monster. Like that was the most heartbreaking thing. And uh, it took a while for me to reach out to her. And it actually wasn't, I didn't really know what to say because I don't know what her life is like. I don't know what their life is like together. Like, I I have no idea. Um, And it wasn't until my first video on TikTok went viral that things really started to mm, get interesting, I guess. So the video went viral. And the very, excuse me, a few days later, I get a call from a police department in the county that he lives in. And I didn't answer it because at this point, I don't trust a single thing related to this man. I don't know Mm. who he knows. I don't know. I just don't, I don't trust it. (laughs) You could say you're from a specific police department, but like, I don't know you. I don't trust you. I'm okay. Um, And a few days after that, I get an email from a lawyer and it's a cease and desist letter from his lawyer saying that I need to remove my videos. I need to stop talking about him. I need to remove any comments with his real name. Um, Cause I never mentioned his real name, but the sleuth of TikTok <laughs> really came through and they were able to figure out who he was. Oh, wow. Really? Oh, it was, it was crazy. I was like, where were you guys like months ago? <laughs> That's but wild. It was also nuts. just so, so people listening and watching. Um, so the, one of the, the TikTok video we saw, at least, where you initially shared the story, has over 14 million views, which is crazy. Um, and just so people listening can kind of follow along, um, where? So, what is your TikTok handle, and where where can they find you? Yeah, Catherine Verb V E R B. Okay, cool. Yeah, so people can can check that out and find that video. Um, but wow, so people on TikTok, this just essentially went viral, and people just connected the dots and took all the information you put out there That's and wild. found this guy. When I first, it was right after I called the police and I still didn't know who he was, I made an initial TikTok and just saying like, this is my boyfriend. And this is gone since then. Someone, quote unquote, 
couldn't tell you who that was, but someone reported it. So it got taken down, but hmm. it was, um, you know, this is my boyfriend and we were so happy together. And then all of a sudden he got COVID and now he's gone. And I realized he wasn't who he said he was. So that never got any traction, but it wasn't until that next video went viral that people went back to that original video from like almost a year prior and were able to like look at his photos and just from his photos i never shared his number i never shared anything not his email no, nothing just from his photos people were able to figure out who he was and started commenting his real name on that um that's fucking crazy yeah. that they were able to do that i know because i was looking for months and couldn't find anything i was like yeah. how did you do that so when my video went viral and people started commenting his name um people reached out to him on tiktok people reached out to his wife on tick or excuse me on on twitter people reached out to his wife on Twitter and I'm guessing I would assume people contacted his work things like that which I still don't condone I didn't then I still don't now just want to make that abundantly clear to not contact him or anyone he knows um at the same time though I was served the cease and desist to take down all my videos about him to delete any comments with his information and to never talk about it again and when I tell you anger, <laughs> when I tell you the amount of anger I felt in that moment, just like the unjust feeling I felt, like the audacity of this man to not only do what he did to me, but then turn around and try to make it my fault and reprimand me for speaking about his lies. It was the craziest feeling. I've, I've never felt anything like that yeah that's unreal that's like that's as low as you can get almost and he's he's doing that to prevent his name getting out there so he can continue being a scumbag and lying to others wow so did you comply with that or you know what what action do you take when you receive the uh the legal letters so i got some really good legal advice and it's hard because like just taking down the videos wouldn't guarantee my safety either the the good and bad thing about america is you can sue anyone for anything at any time whether or not you're right <laughs> so it doesn't really matter like had i taken down the videos initially he still could have been like oh look she knew she was wrong and let me sue yeah. her anyway so i mean i don't know how much i can really speak about this it's honestly nothing's been resolved still this happened in may of this last year may of 2021 and I, I never moved forward with signing that because we never came to an agreement. Um, and I, I personally don't feel like it's my responsibility considering I, I was not like TikTok is a, is a public platform. <laughs> I don't mm -hmm. control TikTok. <laughs> Nor so am I ever condoning people to go harass him or contact him. Like that's not my problem. Just you did message his wife though? I did. So when that first video went viral and people started commenting, oh, she knows because she's deleting the tags on Twitter. Mm -hmm. I said, okay, I need to talk to her. Um, and I won't go too much into that. There's some, um, there's some things yeah, that that's I don't want to talk about on that, but I did um, reach out to her and we had a couple of conversations about it. Um, and she has since, as far as I know, left him and she did make a very public backing of myself on her Facebook, which I highly appreciated. Wow. <laughs> um, yeah, because that was scary. Because like, I don't know a lot. A lot of times there's that fear of like, is the woman going to blame me? Am I going to now be um, reprimanded on her end too? Like, I don't right. know. Wow. So 
since then, so you, you said it's kind of still unresolved, but, you know, you've clearly, you've moved on, but you've moved on in a way where, you know, you still talk about this story, this experience, and also just sort of the red flags of this situation just in a more general sense. So I'm just curious, you know, for you, what was that sort of getting over the hump point? Or how did you, you know, how were you able to feel okay again? How were you able to begin to trust people again, form new relationships? Because I I just can't imagine how damaging, you know, it, it would be and just the trauma from that and how hard it would be to trust others again. So how did you, you know, start to move forward and, and get over that? I honestly feel very grateful for the time that was given to me in COVID and quarantine um, because it really forced me that along with, I was in a, a coaching program at the time and I just live with this beautiful family who is, has this incredible emotional intelligence. So I just had not only an amazing support system of friends and family, but I also had the gift of time to kind of just force to be with myself. Um, because I recognize that a lot of my old patterns and numbing techniques prior were getting extremely intoxicated, really drunk, and then having sex just to like numb myself from whatever I was feeling. And I couldn't do that. (laughs) There was no running from that. (laughs) So I was forced to sit in my emotions. And that's a lot of what I teach now is emotional intelligence because I recognize within that how much I'd been numbing myself in the relationship, how much I pushed down my own feelings just to justify his excuses. um, Even though I wasn't getting exactly what I wanted out of that relationship. And it wasn't just that relationship either. Like that was a pattern that I had. And so it really forced me to sit down with myself and just, I had no other option but to be with it. And I think that was honestly the best thing that ever could have happened to me. Wow. I mean, that is, you know, it's it's good that you took something like that and kind of t- sort of turned it into a positive in what you're talking about and realizing like the growth that you can kind of have from that um and just like your own like you use the term emotional intelligence like i'm sure it's changed the way you connect with people in in such a positive way or like i could imagine you know a first date is probably a lot different for you now in in kind of boundaries that are set or questions that you ask uh and that's you know that's a positive and just that type of transparency and open communication will just help you know so many people because the scary reality is that, you know, that's just one of many, you know, monsters, as you called him. And, you know, so many people uh, could fall victim to this. And, you know, so many women uh, could could be experiencing this right now and not even know it. And that's what's crazy. And that's what's so important. And, and what I like to teach now, it's like you can't control other people <laughs> there. I think the statistic is one in 25 people has antisocial personality disorder, which is what you could call sociopathy, a sociopath. Um, and again, I'm just going to make a disclosure. I'm not a therapist. I cannot diagnose anyone. And just in what I know about sociopaths, as well as the behavior that was shown to me, there's definitely a correlation there. Um, but one in 25 people is a sociopath. And you know someone who is like this, whether you're intimate with them or not. And it's not about trying to control other people or change other people. It's just how do you move through these situations? How do you avoid these situations? How do you heal from these situations? Because they're out there. <laughs> like You really just can't avoid them. So how do you make sure that your boundaries are set, your standards are set, your emotional intelligence is 
to a place enough where you can recognize like this doesn't feel good for me forget about mm -hmm. what the other person is doing how does this feel for me this doesn't satisfy me in the way that i need so i need to move forward yeah that's amazing i think that's really great advice because it's so true like complete avoidance it could be so impossible to achieve with things like this like you are going to find yourself in situations that you're uncomfortable in or you know form relationships or meet people that are not providing anything positive in your life and it's it's i guess not necessarily having that shame like we were talking about before of how did i get in this situation it's more so how do i navigate through this how do i get myself out of this and you know, learn from it and take it into my next experience and be able to set my boundaries. So yeah, that, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. And I think just learning to trust yourself is the biggest part of that. Cause you were saying like, how do you trust others? And it's like, it's not really about that. You know, it's just mm -hmm. knowing that you're safe enough within yourself to trust your own guidance, your own emotions, your own, um, understanding of yourself. Yeah. Um, where where can people find you just kind of you you mentioned uh before we started recording that you're doing a podcast of your own like y your advice is amazing and i know we could talk about this you know for so long obviously this is a condensed format but we want to make sure that you know listeners and viewers can find you because we know you do such a great job on your tiktok and uh other platforms of actually you know giving this advice to people and and helping them so you know free the floor is yours for any anything that you're working on uh and any place that people can find you and hear more about this yeah thank you um so Catherine verb on tiktok and instagram um right now we are in the development stage of creating a podcast that does share stories like myself and others there's unfortunately an infinite number of other women who have been through a similar situation to mine um so we wanted to highlight that and just give a platform for women to speak and and not feel so alone in their experiences. So you can follow me, especially on Instagram. Um, I will be keeping you posted on when that comes out, hopefully in a few months. Um, other than that, yep, Catherine Verb, TikTok. Well, awesome. We appreciate you uh, coming on and, and taking the time to talk about your story and also leaving our viewers with the opportunity to kind of like learn more about this and, you know, kind of digest your content. Uh, and especially the podcast when it's ready to come out. But uh, yeah, thank you for coming on. Thank you for holding space for me. And I know this is a hard topic to talk about. So thank you for giving me that opportunity. Yeah, of no, course. absolutely. And good luck with everything. We'll uh, be keeping an eye on it all. We're excited for that podcast. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. All right. No have a good one. Bye. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. BetterHelp is online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist, so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. Uh, I've been doing therapy for some time now. It's been pretty life-changing for me, something that you know I recommend uh, to anyone who's interested in it. And with BetterHelp, it's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. So give it a try and see why over 2 million people have used BetterHelp online therapy. That's over 2 million people, and you get to do therapy your way, however you want, connected to a licensed professional online, on-camera, texting, 
whatever you need. And this podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp and Other People's Lives listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash OPL. That's betterhelp, B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P.com slash OPL. And you'll get 10% off your first month. Hola, mis amigos. I was going to do this whole ad in Spanish, uh, but I'm not quite there yet. But I am getting better because I've been using Babbel. And Babbel has 15-minute lessons to learn a language that make it a perfect way to learn a new language on the go. I'm dead serious. I've been doing Spanish lessons through Babbel uh, for about a month or two now. And I've honestly been learning a ton, and it's really sticking with me uh, more than other ways that I've tried in the past to learn a language, like through podcasts or apps. Uh, Babbel lessons were created by over 100 language experts. Their teaching method has been scientifically proven to be effective, uh, which seriously I can vouch for. I am retaining so much more than I have in the past. And with Babbel, you can choose from 14 different languages, including Spanish, French, Italian, and German and they have speech recognition technology to help you improve uh, how you pronounce words, your accent. So they're really helping you with the full package. I personally love it because it's focused on useful things, like as if for me, if I was gonna travel to Spain or Mexico, uh, it's lessons that are really tailored around uh, things that I would have to use to get around or order food and things like that. So. Really recommend this if you've been thinking about learning a new language. Uh, now's the time, and Babbel is the way to do it. Uh, plus, they have a 20-day money-back guarantee, so it's it's really worth checking it out and seeing if it's for you. And right now, when you purchase a three-month Babbel subscription, you'll get an additional three months for free. So that's six months for the price of three months. So definitely jump on that. Just go to babbel.com and use promo code OPL. That's Babbel, B-A-B-B-E-L.com, and use code OPL. What a wild story, man. That's a wild one to, to so manipulative. Like, I, I just, I don't know. That's a, that's a, that's a tough thing to kind of deal with, especially because, like, I mean, I feel like you've heard stories about people having like uh like catfish situations you know what i mean yeah Where, like this is not this is on steroids like it's not just whatever but like catfish situations where it's like oh you talk online for four years you never really meet them like it's kind of on you but to have someone who you could physically see and you you they meet your family and you like you know what i mean like like integrated us uh, fully into your life that's nuts. Yeah, not, like, not just forging a digital you, identity. And like, you know what I mean? Like, that's that's a tough one, man. To yeah. Kind of deal Sex, with romance, friends. Like, just you're giving the most intimate, like, vulnerable parts of you to someone. And I just, the feeling, like, when she described, you know, and got emotional about the day that the cops came and just said the words, this person doesn't exist. I mean, well, I, would, I feel like I would pass out. Like, like what does that even mean? It, you know, like can you even imagine yeah what that feeling is and then everything else that comes with it it's it's crazy and it's crazy how like not easy i don't want to say easy but you know these tactics these manipulation tactics and you know hearing like what this guy did talking like so 
we can all safely assume he didn't have a mother who had cancer, you know? Yeah, like, I think we can. It's crazy how just saying a lie like that, just saying the words, just saying like my mother has cancer, like what that is, what that allows you to then get away with is crazy. Yeah. You just have and to be terrible enough of a person to be able to say that lie to someone. Yeah, it's like, and it's also, you know what you're doing with that. You know, you're getting the pity, so it puts you in a position where people just have to take your word for it. If you're going through something, people are less inclined to be like, oh, I have a problem with you, but I'm not going to put it on you right now. Like, they know what they're doing. It's exactly. fucking wild, like, manipulation there. But I think it's amazing that she kind of, she came out of the situation and kind of spun it in a positive way, and now she's doing you know, a podcast and highlighting other people's stories. I always love when we do episodes that end that way. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, no, talk about just taking back ownership of, of such a shitty situation. And that alone, you know, is just, yeah, super inspirational to see. Like, no, 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 this, this isn't going to be your narrative. This is going to be mine. Right. And I'm going to get the audience behind this. And I'm going to explain to people how to avoid this. And that's the best way for closure, essentially, in a lot of cases, is taking something terrible that's happened to you and being able to turn it into a positive to then help other people. And there's just there's no doubt just with her TikTok and everything she's doing alone that she hasn't given advice that has truly helped a person in a real life situation. And that's awesome because right. even just helping one person with that advice is just incredible you know you could yeah. save someone so much trauma essentially uh really cool awesome awesome guest and also just really fucked to be that guy and like yeah. you, there's something wrong with you bro like, i hope his wife left him i hope that's that she ended up doing yeah. that and yeah it's man it's like we always say on this show i mean people aren't dumb too he was probably manipulating her as well so she knew something was off and this was like oh yeah this is and then all the pieces you know? come together. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh, this makes yeah. a ton of sense now. And that is just, I, th I feel like we may have said this before, but that is, it's just important for everyone to know like that, that type of person exists. Like we always say when we speak to a guest that has like a fetish or something, it's like, you never know that person that walks past you or the person you're on the train with. You never know what they're going through. At the same time, you never know who out there is just capable of being that manipulative and dangerous and, and willing to take advantage of you. And it sucks, but you know, you, you have to be on high alert for these things. Yeah. Um, wild episode, but you know, we appreciate her for coming on and definitely go follow her if you're, you know, interested in that sort of thing. Um, and for anyone out there that wants to be a guest on our show, don't hesitate to reach out, uh, go to OPLshow.com or just send us an email at OPLpodcast at gmail.com. Yeah. Follow us on Instagram at OPL podcast. If you want to become a Patreon, a patron, always do that go to patreon.com slash opl show you're going to get bonus episodes you get to join our discord you get to help us pick charities to donate to each month a lot of good stuff there and uh it helps support the show so thank you yep that is all see you guys next time <laughs> <laughs>